TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Alright folks, thanks for joining us on a uh, Friday here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show wrapping up another week here and uh, it's been a great week. Every week is a great week when you are in March and there is basketball to be played. We're in full swing mid-March madness right now. David Olson, our producer today, it's the coach John Cohn. And on the line with us, our co-host today, he checked in via the telecommunications yesterday uh, as a guest, but today he's the co-host of the show. It's our good friend Joel. The big dog, Radwanski. Joe, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic, Coach. How are you? We are we. I am doing outstanding. We. I'm looking at the coat over here. The show's two guys and a mic. You know, I'm a lonely man, so I say we sometimes just to uh, alleviate the solitary feeling that I have, Joe. I think you could appreciate that. You know, I purposely did this because I found out you were going to call it the show two guys and a mic, mm-hmm. and you decided to webcast the show i decided to give away my car do away with it and become a tree hugging libertarian just to be a pain in your butt just to leave me on an ocean all or an island all by myself huh yes exactly because i gotta be quite honest with you you're very you're the only person on the planet comfortable that way (laughs) i think there's a few others but I, well, I mean, you spent your whole high school life that way, so I figure, you know, you've grown to accept it and like it. I happen to enjoy my solitary time, thank you very much. <laughs> a little bit too much of it at times, and you're right, my high school years was a little bit too much solitary, but uh, don't knock it till you've tried it. After you've had a couple of kids, uh, you begin to appreciate, in fact, rather enjoy the solitary time, big dog. Coach, don't worry about your high school years. Many kids with afros at Nutra High School had trouble getting friends. Take it easy. Take it easy. I was a late bloomer, big dog. Okay. okay. I didn't peak like you in sixth grade, you know? Well, no, no, no. I was just the opposite. You realize I was like the smallest kid in high school when I was a freshman. Hard to believe because you're a large man both in stature and physicality and ego right now. It's hard to believe you were once an (laughs) undersized sixth grader. Uh, Yeah, I think my ego right now is bigger than anything I have. Definitely my textbook. There's no question about that. I don't know if an ego can go on a diet, but if it can, (laughs) yours should. By well, the way, I've been cutting back, Coach. I really have been. I would sure. certainly hope so. I was going to mention during Lent. Is Lent over yet, or are we still celebrating the so final? I'm still, I still this year. I've, uh, Lent ends when Easter is uh, is upon us. Ah. And again, this year I've uh, continued to practice Lent, and I gave up giving up something for Lent this year. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. given up. You gave up giving up. Oh, I, I definitely gave mm-hmm. up. You know, I have a new friend who's Catholic, and uh, – you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have to ask her what she gave up for Lent, because hopefully it, it isn't something that I might enjoy also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea what that meant, but strangely it made sense. Uh, <laughs> beautiful spring weather outside, Big Dog. We're trying to concentrate on basketball, but with this unseasonably warm weather, at least here in the Midwest, it's uh, very tempting to get outside and uh, throw the baseball around, maybe even swing the bat a little bit. Spring fever has sprung here in the city of Chicago. Coach, uh, to prove to you, how right you are. We didn't even talk about this before. Do you realize that, the, not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, 
I busted out all of the gloves in the house because, you know, I live with, I, I live in the house, uh, the United Nations. Yes. Half the people in the house play cricket. The other half play baseball. Do, do, do cricket players, is there a cricket glove? Yeah, they do, but I don't know how to web those gloves, so I didn't mess with them. So all the baseball gloves in the house were taken out. I conditioned everybody's gloves. I uh -huh. rewebbed one of them. And when everybody got home, I threw them their glove. It was like... It was like watching a bunch of like ten year old kids who got their glove for the first time. They're like jumping around and stuff like that. I was, I felt like a dad. I was pretty happy. You were like the nice housewife who uh, has a beautiful dinner all set for the husband after they come home from a hard day at work. Your four roommates come home and there are their mitts, freshly oiled. You can still smell the what's that stuff called? The neat oil that you uh, rub into I, the I glove. The, I, I use something called baseball mitt oil ah. by Rawlings. So I don't know what it's called. Uh -huh. Oh, you're talking about the stuff in the can, though. Is that what you're talking well, about? I think it's pretty much the same stuff. Neat's oil, and I'm sure what they the Rawling stuff sells is pretty much the the same stuff. Got that fresh springtime, good solid, bring out the leather smell. Yes, it, it, it's fantastic. Okay, there's just something about it, and you know, I'm like working out of the house now, so. Like, I, I do the dishes, I cook for the guys every once in a while. It mm -hmm. is a little bit like I'm Mr. Mom right now. <laughs> the other day, that, that movie was on American Movie Channel, and I watched, like, five minutes of it. I had to turn mm -hmm. it off because I'm like, that's me without the children. Oh. <laughs> I did hear that uh, you've been cooking in the kitchen wearing nothing but an apron, and one of your roommates complained that you're showing a little bit too much thigh. So, uh <laughs> try to um try to be respectable of the other people in the house if you. Yeah, could. they were complaining I was on the phone too much and I cried too much during soap operas. So it's been a very difficult transition for me. You are you are finding your soft and feminine side. In fact, maybe finding it a little bit too much. You need to find a job and quickly and. No, no, you, you, you know all the, you know, all that's taken care of. I have the job. It's just I'm working out of the house now, coach. Oh. so that's the problem. Okay. I don't leave the house very often. So. Okay. All right. Very good. Big dog and a coach. Our phone number. If you want to join us, I have. No idea after the first five minutes why you would want to join us, but uh, no hopefully we'll throw out a topic that might be of interest to you. 888-463-6748. Our phone number, you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Great basketball. By the way, the people that say the conference tournaments, eh, waste of time. Let's get to those games are better than conference games. I've heard a few sports talk hosts poo-pooing and saying the tournaments are a waste of time. Goodness gracious, Joe. It, 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 it's just good. Entertainment, whether it's um, significant or not, it's great sports entertainment. I can't even remember when the Big Ten didn't have a tournament, and I, it was in the you know the mid nineties when it, you know when it started. But it just I can't fathom them not having a tournament now. You know they were one of the last conferences in the country to do it, and for the small schools, are you kidding me? Watching the Sun Belt, watch all these other different conference championships, finals mm -hmm. have been spectacular this week. It's, and a bunch of other great finals uh, happened last night, too, Coach. I think most of the talk show people that are shooting down and uh, poo-pooing, if you will, poo-poo, uh, poo-pooing, if you will, the conference tournaments, I think they're alluding to the big tournaments. You know, the Big East, the Big 12, the Big 10, oh, where certain okay. teams are already in. What's the point of playing the tournament? Well, you know what? Open your eyes and loosen up a little bit. Uh, bring out the boxer shorts, uh, get rid of the undersized briefs, loosen up a little bit, and watch the games. All you got to do is watch the enthusiasm of the fans, the players, the announcers. Oh, that's all you need to do is watch it and let it breathe and don't put up that barrier, and you too can enjoy the conference tournaments and all that March Madness has to offer. Yeah, it's a good way to put it, Coach. I, I absolutely love these tournaments. So mm -hmm. I, I don't care whether it's Big East, Big Ten, or if it's 
the Colonial. I'm going to try to check it out. Mm-hmm. And let's uh, talk some of the tournaments yesterday. Again, you watch some basketball. You want to talk some college hoops with the dog and the coach. You're more than welcome to join us. Big Dog, I know in particular, loves the three-way. So join us. Make it a three-way. 888-463-6748. Joel, uh, let's go Big East first. Number one seed, number two seed, and number four seed all knocked off playing their first-round games. Yeah, it, and you know, I hate to tell you this, I always do it from the perspective of the fan that I am, which is Illinois. And I, those teams need to stay in so no underdog or Cinderella gets into the tournament. But the, the Big East, it is kind of shocking because that tournament is so set up for one, two, three, and four to advance into the into the semifinals, coach. And those three, three of the four teams got knocked out in their first game. So you know, it just because something looks guaranteed. It isn't a guarantee, and you know, like I said go, two days ago, I was like, Georgetown looks like one of the worst teams in the country right now. They go out and they win one of their first games. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping Illinois does, by the way, today. It was looked horrible. I'm hoping they can turn their fortunes around in this particular Big Ten tournament. But it, the way the Big East is set up is one of the most discombobulated 16-team tournaments I've ever seen. But considering the logistic coach, I really looked at the bracket. Mm-hmm. It's done perfectly, by the way. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, we had this argument the other day. Yes, and you know what? As I thought about it, as I let it um, savor like a fine wine, like the you know you taste the drink and then you get the aftertaste coming up like five seconds mm-hmm. later. I, you know what? What you said made perfect sense. And what we're talking about is the Big East tournament. There's 16 teams in the Big East, so you would think. You will it's go very, one versus sixteen in yeah, the first game. Pretty easy way to set up a tournament. You got sixteen yeah. teams. Well, sixteen, eight, four, two, one. Yeah. yeah. But the Big East does it differently. They make the bottom eight teams play extra games, and the top four seeds not only get a buy in round one, but they get a buy through two rounds automatically. Am yeah. I getting this right? Into, yeah, into the quarterfinals. You get it perfect. And you see, but the way the reason why they have to do that, coach, is so they don't have eight games in one day. Mm-hmm. Because you you have to have your tournament at one facility, and you have to you, you can't give people breaks during tournament games. So you either earn a buy or you don't earn a buy. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the way they have it set up is pretty good. But we don't have to get all into that. Well, based on the fact the one seed, and I don't know all the history of the Big East tournament. I can't even remember who won it last year. But based on the fact the one seed, the two seed, and the four seed, all teams that rested for a couple of days lost their opening game, maybe that's not so much of an advantage. The teams that played a game or two got on a roll, got some momentum, were able to pull off big upsets yesterday, Doug. You know, and, and it always seems that way in the history of college basketball tournaments. I can always remember, oh, this team's played three games in a row. They're the huge underdog. Uh, you know, their legs got to be worn out. They'll, they'll lose to the much better team in the finals, only played two days in a row. Mm-hmm. And you know what ends up happening? None of that matters. Sometimes being sharp, can overcome tired legs because being sharp, the adrenaline you get from playing in a game where if you lose your season is over with has mm-hmm. got to be ridiculous. So you know what, Coach, I want to go with the team that's sharp. That may, Who cares if they play three days in a row? They're sharp. Their legs might be tired, but these guys, if they lose, their season's over with. That, that, that's got to be the difference mm-hmm. in, in, that, in tournament playoff games, why that happens so often. Georgetown upset Syracuse right off the bat, the number one team, and a lot of people's uh... – Picked to win the entire thing when they fill out their brackets. Marquette knocked off Villanova. I think a lot of people thought Villanova might get hot, win the Big East tournament, and maybe make a play at the number one seed. That's not going to happen. And a great developing story right here out of the Midwest is a team left for dead. About three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Big Dog, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish have come back uh, with a vengeance. So they've won six in a row, some big wins. 
Great victory last night. They knock off Pittsburgh in a thriller. The Irish pulled away down the stretch. Yeah, uh, unless there is some type of string of, like, ten Cinderella's in a row getting in that the, that shouldn't get in, Notre Dame's in the tournament. Oh, yeah. Because not, like, considerations have to take effect. If you have, like, a great player and they're playing on your team now, but they were missing, you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. Just the way the fact that I think Ohio State deserves a number one seed because – Three of their six losses on the season came when Evan Turner well, was out for six games. Are you saying a number one seed if they make it to the Big Ten championship? I would say right. If, if they win two games, heck yeah, that's good. If they win two games in the Big Ten tournament, the Big Ten this year has proved it is a ridiculously great college basketball conference this year. It's, it's either one, two, or three. Three at the lowest and probably number two. Mm-hmm. I think you got to give Ohio State that top line because mm-hmm. the only time they've ever struggled at all this year, Coach, was during those six games without the best player in the country, Evan Turner, and all the other games this year, they either had a, ch- a really good chance to win or they or they won. Yeah. So, having said that, they're going down today. We're going to talk. <laughs> hey, we who are, do they got today, by the way? The Michigan. Michigan, my surprise pick. I, I want to get. To, I want to finish out the Big East. We're going to take a break and then get to the Big Ten tournament because it has been fun through day one, and you got great quarterfinal matchups set today. But uh, Notre Dame, the Irish advance. They're in the tournament. I think even if they lost to Pittsburgh, they were going to be in the tournament. The best I think game. You're right, Coach. You, uh, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, because of the great run they had at the end, especially without their star Lucas Herringotti, yeah, who's back. Which, yes. Uh, which, which, which is considered. And and they they don't even need him. They're bringing well, they him do. in sometimes off the bench. Well, well, not so much. I mean, it's amazing. You watch him play, Joel, with their All-American on the bench. And I only say this, you know, obviously I say it half facetiously because he's a first-team All-American, but they're playing extremely well even without him. You know, you, you've said this for a while, Coach, and, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, when it comes to – Football and, 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 and baseball against you. I always try to hold my guns and I got my own flashes. I, I tend to lean towards your, the way you think in basketball because you are a basketball coach. And, I'm a uh, basketball savant. Well, well you're, you're a savant on something else, but you know, that, well, never mind. I'm, please don't let me go down that road. But you, uh, you know, you said this a while. The best thing that can happen to a team is have their best player knock out as long as it's in a tournament mm-hmm. and either it's going to destroy the team or it'll make them better. And if that team could, and if your star could come back, and the rest of your players have raised their level of play, you can then have a great team. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what happened to Notre Dame this year, Coach. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And it can happen to uh, a local team like Northwestern, too, who lost their best player. For the entire season, everybody on the team had to elevate their game, and I think next year you're going to see them that much tougher for it. I'll give you another example, Doug. Not quite the same, but I'm announcing a high school a sectional championship game tonight. Okay. I don't know if you've been following the Schaumburg Saxons, and I know this isn't going to no, mean there's much. There's only one thing I've been following in Schaumburg lately, Coach. Go ahead. <laughs> um, number 13 seed. A 13 seed. they got a brand-new coach this year, okay? okay? And the team struggled early. They had a couple of guys. He was following a Hall of Fame coach who kind of got uh, whatever issues they were. He was sent on to another school. Brand-new coach. Young guy comes in. All kinds of problems with the team. You know, a new offensive system. They fought that a little bit. A couple of guys lead the team. A couple of players are shooting the ball too much. They're meddling their way through a very average season. At the end of the regular season, their second leading scorer, who I guess was just shooting the ball and jacking it up, not a real team player, he quits the team at the end of the regular season. So all this stuff going on. 13 seed out of 16 teams. The regionals started last week. Yes, Coach. They won their play-in game. Okay. 
Then okay. they upset the number two seed in the whole tournament, 24 and one front. And the Schaumburg team minus a bunch of their good players, all role players now, but role players that finally had developed a good team chemistry. They knock yeah. off from, they play, and everybody thought, well, it was a lucky victory against Friend. They play their next game against Hersey for the regional championship. They win by 14 points. They go to the sectional opener against Deerfield, the Deerfield team, uh, seated number three, I believe, 24 and three. They beat Deerfield. Beat them by 10 points. They were up like 15, 20 the whole game. So here is a team that lost a lot of their good players. But chemistry, everybody knowing their role, being coachable, the sum greater than the individual parts. Now, they're taking out Waukegan, the number one team in the state. I don't know if that Cinderella story can continue, but I think they're an example, Big Dog. And we see college teams, and I think Notre Dame's a good example, where guys just fit into their roles when Heron Godey went out, and they were better, even though maybe they had less individual talent. The coach, the fact that you could say all those statistics and information off the top of your head tells me one thing. You need to get out more. Okay. Well, it tells you I'm announcing the game tonight. i got to have that information in my head. Well, well I got to say, that was pretty impressive. And, and you know, it's pretty similar if you think about, okay, I don't know if this Schomburg team is anywhere near as good as the Schomburg team that beat Thornton like 10 years ago. The Eddie but Curry that team. sounds very mm-hmm. similar to the Schomburg story of a bunch of, like, nobodies. Like, every single kid on the team averaged eight points, four rebounds, and two assists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was nobody special on yep. the team. Everybody, like, did little things. And next thing you know, it uh, Eddie Curry and some other kid that went to a Division One school from Thornton got run off the floor by Schomburg because they were totally out hustled and mm-hmm. outplayed. That's exactly right. Exactly so, I right. Mean, yeah, it's funny. Schomburg not exactly a mecca of athleticism, yet they tend to have really good basketball teams. you know, over the last twenty years. Well, coach, a lot of it is coaching, and a lot of it is building a tradition. But um, I was just bringing them out as a point, and I think Notre Dame is a good example of that. Now, real quick, before we finish up the Big East, I don't know if you watched it or not, but I thought the best game of the entire day was West Virginia taking on Cincinnati. I had a feeling it would be a good game. I put that puppy on tape. I have good instincts. Away from basketball, my instincts suck. But when it comes to basketball, I've got good instincts. What's going to be the good game? I had a feeling that was going to be the game to watch. And, dog, did you get a chance to uh, check it out? Oh, heck yeah, people. I had, again, yesterday was Union Station at the house. At least five different people showed up while I was watching the game. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. New people, oh, who you want your college basketball by the end of that game? Yeah, go. And screaming, high chest bumping everybody. It's funny. All these people come to my house. They complain that college basketball's on. Half hour later, they got a team and they're rooting for somebody and they're wearing the team's colors. So, mm-hmm. again, it happened last night. And that uh, that uh, Cincinnati game, uh, West Virginia, Cincinnati, well, how about all the errors in the last minute of that game? I mean, that was the kid that that Dixon's kid's last college basketball game ever, and on the last possession, he misdribbled the ball out of bounds. You talk about the raw emotion of sports, and the TV I cameras did a brilliant job of catching it. I felt bad for that kid. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's what it's what as a young kid at age six or seven drew me to sports. It's not just the winning and losing. It's it's no. the raw emotion. There's nowhere else in life where you see those kinds of highs and those kinds of lows. And I think the kid's name is Dion Dixon, who was brought into yeah. the game. Brought into the game. He's he's a, he's a reserve. He doesn't play that much for his ball handling ability. Okay. And with six seconds left, Cincinnati's got a chance to win the game, pull off a big upset, and maybe get his team in the tournament if they lose. Their season is done, no question about it. And he dribbles up the floor without much pressure on him. Simply dribble the ball out of bounds, right? Well, 
he, he dribbled. Yeah, he he just dribbled the ball out of bounds, and it was going to go out of bounds. And he ran, and he would have been able to save it. But the problem was, there was only like six seconds to go in the game, and a kid from West Virginia came flying up, pressed the ball, and ripped it out of his hand. No, 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 no. Well, if he didn't lose the ball, coach. Yes, he did. Well, no, hold on, hold on. If he did not lose the ball, all that stuff at the end wouldn't have happened. If you watch, he lost it, and it. He ended up having to try to take the dribble up, and the kid from West Virginia knocked it out of his hand. I beg to differ. Coach, he, he, was he lost the ball the, by himself and just lost it. It was an unforced error. He still had a chance to get it. It was an he still un- had a chance to get the ball, but a West Virginia kid came flying up and was able to get the ball before he could regain control of the basketball. Okay, but but he bobbled it without anybody on him. That's what oh, caused. Yeah, okay. that's exactly how I described it. All he right. was just dribbling the ball up the court and lost it. Mm-hmm. And he still had a chance to regain possession. But okay. like a West Virginia guard noticed what happened, and he flew in, anticipated it, and mm-hmm. was able to get to the ball before the guy who just Dixon kid who just lost the dribble. And then what made it so cool is during the uh, timeout, West Virginia calls timeout now, chance to win the game with three seconds left, and the TV cameras are on this kid Dixon who is now out of the game. The uh-huh. coach is talking to the five players. Dixon is behind the main five, and he's got his hands over his head, and he's he's like trying to fight back the tears. It was raw. It was painful to watch, but it was great uh, uh Television. It was great, riveting television to watch this kid. And then as West Virginia's playing down their final three seconds, they're showing this kid, too. And sure enough, the West Virginia kid, Deshaun Butler, hits a three-point bank shot off the backboard. Off the backboard from the top of the key, a contested shot. Unbelievable. And they show the reaction of Dixon, who realized that his mistake cost his team and that this is his final game. And it was, uh, like you said, painful to watch, Joel, but boy. Riveting, riveting television, uh, and everything good and I guess everything bad about college basketball captured in those final seconds. You, you, you're talking about like everything good and bad about college basketball. I'll, I'll try to do this quick. Did you happen to see the game where Connecticut won the 71st in a row? No. At the oh, the, the, the game, UConn women. UConn women. Okay. Carolyn Doty, probably their second best player coach, maybe their third best player. Okay, is running down the court. I, I turned the game on and. Gino Oriama's like over the like laying over the girls unconscious, right? I'm like, what the heck is going on? They show the replay. This girl got hit in the head so hard by an elbow. I swear to you, if it happened to me, coach, I would have been knocked out too. Okay, it was vicious. Okay, she's laying on the ground, totally unconscious. They show some girl, like a 15 year old girl, in the stand who's got a sign that says like "Go Caroline, I'm your biggest fan" and all that. Uh-huh. And the girl is absolutely in tears. This girl wasn't laying unconscious, coach, for like a minute. She was there for like 20 minutes. They wow. wouldn't move her neck. She was completely out. And like some girl who's her biggest fan is like crying in the stands. Mm-hmm. Talk about riveting. I saw this girl in the stands. And I started like welling up. I didn't cry though. Trust mm-hmm. me. I'm a man. Did she? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the way you described it the first five minutes of the show, by the way. Um, was the young lady okay? Did she get up? Oh, yeah, she got up, and as a matter of fact, she played like 20 minutes the day after, but she normally plays like 35 because I guess the UConn women don't have a bench. We all like happy endings here in the uh, Two Guys at a Mic show. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a brief, brief break from the sporting world and talk about one of our favorite TV shows, kind of our, one could say, adopted TV show here on the Two Guys at a Mic. We'll come back, talk about the Big Ten Tournament, March Madness, and more. It's the Big Dog and the Coach on Two Guys at a Mic, TalkZone.com. Quick break. Don't go anywhere back in about 42 seconds.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. I'm uh, just watching a highlight of that Deshaun Butler shot from last night. Good stuff. More thrills to come in today's quarterfinal March Madness games. you got semifinal championship games tonight, selection show uh, championship games on Sunday, I should say, and a few of them on Saturday, and then, of course, selection Sunday. The March Madness brackets of 65 teams will be set. Big Dog and the coach back here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Dog, this weekend is all about basketball, and I don't want you to have too much sympathy for me, but... I've got issues this weekend. Well, you have a lot of issues. You have more issues than normal I mean, this weekend. Let, let me let, let me out? take you, let me take you through the hurdles quickly. Okay. Quickly that I have before I can watch my uh, getting in the way of me watching, sitting on the couch like you're going to do and watch basketball tonight. I got to announce again. That's not so bad. Tomorrow morning. No, no, that's a speed bump. Tomorrow morning, the all important Pony League baseball draft. That's about a two hour ordeal. Very very oh, important. Oh hold, oh, hold, oh, hold on a second. I would much rather be drafting your Pony League team than watching a uh, basketball game. You know I'm not what? kidding you, Coach. It's about the ninth year doing it. It's getting old. After that, uh, not only am I helping out, I am in charge of the Boy Scout Scouting for Food event. That's about a three-hour deal. It's a nice service project. We're helping stock the food pantry, but I got that going on. Saturday night, Neighborhood St. Patrick's Day party. Sunday, Sunday of all days, my uh, 13-year-old son, 14-year-old son is getting confirmed. So we have to sit in church, and that's probably a two-hour ordeal. His level of excitement, by the way, in getting confirmed is on a scale of 1 to 10 is about 0.5. And then my wife decided to invite about 30 people over for the confirmation party after that on Sunday. So I, I cannot wait for the look on the priest's face when your son goes up to Cone. David Cone. <laughs> Cone? You're in the wrong building, young man. It's okay. It is. We can't serve you lunch right now. It is a beautiful thing when you hear my older son, and I took great pride in hearing a cone announced in church and getting confirmed. That's awesome, Coach. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got a special guest on the line. We're going to get to the Big Ten tournament in just a second. We've adopted a TV show here on the um, Two Guys at a Mic show, partly or mainly because Joel is an actor in this particular show. And we have another one of the actors, I believe, joining us on the line right now. The show is called Engaged, and it's actor Matt Bender joining us here the Two Guys at a Mic. Matt, how are you? I'm doing amazing this morning. How are you? I am doing outstanding. Are you uh, a married man? Are you single or in honor of being engaged? Have you recently got engaged? Well, it depends who's asking. Ah. So, uh, you... <laughs> you you mean in the show? No, I mean no, in, in real, real life. life. Oh, in real life, real life. I'm I'm a, I'm a married man. A married man. Okay, so we have yeah, a married. So, so I kind of know how to play one. Uh huh. Now, are you a? Uh, did you grow up in the Chicago area, local actor, or where where are your roots from? Uh, I, I grew up in the Chicago area. Yeah. Beautiful. What uh, high school? I think, I think a lot of the cast did. I, I think uh-huh. we, we got a good we got a good Chicago based cast here. Cool. What what high school did you go to? Uh, I went to Plainfield. Beautiful. Oh, so if you're hey. a young kid, you went to like the nicest high school in in the state of Illinois because the old Plainfield High School was wiped out by a tornado. It, exactly, exactly. I had the nice new overcrowded high school. Mm-hmm. I think we had like uh, four thousand people in the school by the time it was done. Yeah, now there's like Plainfield North, Plainfield South, Plainfield East, Plainfield West. Plainfield for girls, Plainfield for boys, and Plainfield for outcasts. It's unbelievable. There's like eight schools. It's 
It's the new Naperville. It's probably the biggest, or it was anyway, one of the biggest growing areas in Chicago. All right, uh, so how did you get the gig on Engage? Take us through your acting career, Matt Bender. Uh, well, you know, I, I'd done a couple different uh, big kind of network, big production things. Uh, I did some small indie stuff. I did some student stuff, uh, just kind of hopping around. I, I, I put in my, my resume, my headshot for this one, uh, audition for it, Uh <laughs> Kind of funny. I, I, I met up with Andrew the, the first time I auditioned for it. Uh, I, was, I was reading through the script and, and I, I just really liked it and I really wanted to be a part of it. So he was like, uh, "No, I don't know." You know, after the first audition, then I was like, "Let me let me come back again. Let me see what we can do. I, I really want to be on this project. I love the script. It, it's interesting. Uh, the character fits me." Uh, so, you know, after the second audition, he's like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we'd like to have you on the show. And I was like, yeah. Matt, you had a, you had a much better experience than me because, like, when I went in, he's like, oh, I wasn't sure what I was going to, we're going to have you read. So how about this? So I read it, and I read a couple of lines, and I was like, this guy's a freaking scumbag. He's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's the guy I want you to read for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he he didn't, Joe, he didn't character. say just act yourself, did he? No, he didn't. Okay. He did it. Yeah. Just check. <laughs> so, Matt, do you play uh, one of the engaged couples? Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, my character's name is Trent. Okay. Um, yeah, so he he's just recently engaged. Okay. Uh, to his to his fiance Lexi. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot of good twisted stuff that he does. Like he he just lost his job a, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. but he keeps getting dressed and going to work like he has a job. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> kind of fool his fiance, so he's he's kind of a scumbag, and then he. And then he kind of goes out to bars and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. gives people fake names, pretends he's someone else, hits right. on women. And uh, do you do you yeah. uh, come into play with Joel, who I believe, if memory serves me correct, plays the part of the male masseuse? <laughs> yeah. I... What's your part again, Joel? I keep forgetting. Uh, I, I, I'm the diner owner, coach. That's oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, same... I, I don't th- I don't think I come into play with him. Uh, in any of the scenes, but we, we kind of did a, a, a read through, so I got a I got a nice nice feel for everyone's parts. Uh-huh. All right, beautiful. So this is not the marriage ref. This is a brand new show, and we don't know yet what station it's going to be on. Correct? Hopefully, we get it on HBO, and they don't replace me with somebody else like Christian Slater or Vince Vaughn uh, or something. Uh, uh, Matt, that's an, that's an issue I'm going through right now because I'm on another show that they're trying to get bought and someone's trying to purchase me off of the show. Wow. So they can put somebody yeah, else on. That. I know that I, it, 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 it's cutthroat. It is ridiculous. So in other words, let, let me get this straight here. For those of us that are not in the movie world, a bunch of uh, folks like yourself uh, can come up with an idea for a show and get a few pilot shows made and try to market it to a bigger TV station, if that bigger TV station feigns interest in it, they have the right of switching out some of the actors. Yeah, and that's oh, why yeah. Engage, wow. that, Matt, that's quite a good thing. I like what Engage is doing. What they're doing, Coach, is they're filming a bunch of the shows. Mm-hmm. So that way they're like, instead of they already have a finished product and the finished product is good enough, you don't replace the people on it. And all of a sudden the people who are making the show have total creative control over it. Wow. If you give them one pilot, you know what happens is say, hey, this is a great idea for a show. And then they get their own actors, get their own writers, and everything changes after that. Interesting. Matt, is this a uh, family show? We have a lot of kids listening to the program, or is this a little uh, more MPA? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little uh, past the PG-13 rating. Okay. It, it's kind of a juicy show, juicy plot. We got mm-hmm. some juicy dialogue. 
So, yeah, I wouldn't okay. recommend it to the kids. Okay. Recommended for mature audiences, which counts out about 86% of our listening audience. Yeah. And I'm not <laughs> talking about kids. Right? I just said, you know, mature audiences. <laughs> Uh, all right, very good. Engaged and uh, Matt, uh, we wish you the best of luck. Hopefully, we will uh, be seeing an HBO, and hopefully, you will not be replaced. If you need any help or support, you know you've got friends here on Two Guys and a Mic. At least three or four of us that will back up and support you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All thank right. you, Matt. It was nice talking to you, and uh, I'll meet you soon when we start filming. All right. All right. Okay. There it is. Matt, Matt Bender, actor, unengaged coach. It's, it's our official, can we call it our official adopted show, Big Dog? Well, well, I don't know if we should do that because I'm actually a host of a TV show trying to get sold, so I'd rather have you do that one, to be quite honest with you. Well, there's no, you know, we can adopt lots of kids. We've adopted two shows. Okay, we can have like a, because uh, mine is a reality show, so, and this one's an acting show, so we can do two different styles. I do appreciate it if you do that for me. Mm-hmm. I, I need the boost that two guys in the mic would give us. <laughs> we will do the, do the best we can. And the name of your uh, other show once again is America's Most, Most Wanted, Wanted Deadbeats. Deadbeats. Oh, coach, we've got we've got all thirteen films, so very similar to like what we I was alluding to. The guys that are doing the show, Idris Akinel and Robert McEwen, those are the producers. They didn't want to get purchased out, and after they realized like how easy it was for them to make these shows, they would just send me out there, and then next thing you know, I'm like confronting people that aren't paying their child support. They realized that they were getting such good footage on this. They're like, we we don't want to replace you, so we can just film all the all the all the shows that we need to. So we have thirteen films. So now it's a little different. If like they went in with one, they say, oh, this guy Joel Redwanski, what does he do? He does a show, two guys in the mic. Nobody knows who he is, so we're going to replace him with somebody bigger. Then the show will sell. So uh, trust me, I've been prepared for this from day one, coach. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's not going to happen now for the other show. The, this one, I have no idea though. All right, we're rooting for you, big dog. You know that. I hope so, because if I make it, Coach, this it'll help the show a little bit, you would think. You know what I mean? I'm still going to do the show every morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, how difficult is it to wake up out of bed and, and talk to you for an hour? Pretty difficult. Talk sports yeah, is pretty easy. Talking to me, probably extremely difficult. But if any of our listeners want to throw some support, maybe suggestions the way of the big dog, you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, mike Two guys, AOL.com. Matt Bender, Joel sounds like a uh, very cool guy, regular guys, aspiring actors trying to fight their way to the uh, next level of the Hollywood regime. Those are the people involved with TV shows like that. Those are the people we can root for. Uh, and, and you would be one of those. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Coach. And I do want you to, I didn't even start it. Somebody started a own fan page about me, Coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I do need you to join it, if you will, and I'll start doing the stuff for you, too. If I could could figure out how to join it, I'll be happy to join it. Okay. Uh, All right, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, March Madness Talk continues. The Big Ten Tournament. Coach is going to tell you the big upset of the day, and uh, we might get off the basketball front, too. Other stuff to talk about. 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. If you want to interrupt me and Joel, feel free.
Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Here we are indeed back on the TalkZone.com. Big weekend for basketball, and let us not forget, it's kind of the kickoff of St. Patrick's Day in. In the let us not forget category number two, big dog, don't forget, I believe this Saturday night slash Sunday morning, we spring ahead. We do not fall back. Uh, Coach, springing ahead this time of year during St. Patty's Day weekend is one of the greatest curses in the history of America. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I really don't have strong feelings about it whatsoever. In case any of our female listeners are interested, the Big Dog single, extremely eligible and uh, reasonably good-looking, what establishments might you be at? This Saturday night, if one of our two guys that are Mike Stalkers want to track you down. Okay, well, this Saturday night, I'll either be in one of two places. I'll either be on my couch watching collegiate basketball it's with not... either a, a frown on my face, and I'll be complaining about That's... how the fact Bruce Weber can't get any big recruits, That's or I'll not... be smiling, talking about how he's the greatest coach on earth, and he can take the worst players in the world and turn them into great basketball players. Okay, that's what I'll be doing on Saturday. The other option is this. I'll be in the hospital, coach. Because I, I have to train again on, on Saturday morning against one of those big behemoths. And, oh, uh, this, is, this is the average Joe going up against an actual fighter again? Uh, yeah, Coach. By the way, I looked up this guy that they put me in against. He was he was a champion in 2007 <laughs> of some whatever Muay Thai boxing league. Okay, I'm not kidding you. This guy beat me up pretty bad, so I guess I'm going in against other guys that aren't as good as this particular dude. Very and, quickly and for those that... Tra- and this guy's going to train me that beat me up. He's like... I guess he was like he was pretty happy with the fact that I, I, I was able to take the beating like I was considering I don't have any training. Oh, boy, yeah. Gee, thanks. There, yeah, no there's doubt. your claim to fame. Joel, we like you. We really love you. Yeah, really? What, what do you like about me? We like the fact that you can get completely hammered and met and, and, and absolutely mushed and squashed and beaten and still come back the next day. We appreciate that. You ready to do it again? <laughs> you know I I hate to tell you, Coach, I think that's what they look for. I hate to tell you. Oh, goodness. For those not joining uh, yesterday's award-winning show, the Big Dog, one of your many, many TV career potential employment opportunities was uh, to be the average Joe competing against a pro, and you got involved in the sport of fighting. Yeah, now this isn't isn't like some big extravaganza, Coach. It's more like an offshoot type deal. And they just wanted to see, like, what would happen if you just take a guy off the street. And as and I mentioned, I, I love the average Joe against the pro concept. Uh, bowling, tetherball, basketball, maybe even, you know, football, try to catch a, you know, a, a pass from a Brett Favre, you know, 60-mile-an-hour post pattern right over the middle. Stuff like that would be kind of fun. You don't want to go average Joe against a pro against a real fighter. Wrong sport. You think so? Right concept. Well, what if, what if the guy that actually gets in the ring wants to make real money doing it? It's because, like, if you're going to go bowl what, against Pete Weber, what what are you going to make, 500 bucks doing it? What good is real money if your face is disheveled and you can only move the left side of your body? I'm, but I'll be going against a professional fighter. Nobody wants to be known as the guy who killed the average Joel in the <laughs> ring, Coach. <laughs> well, I didn't say kill. I just said, you know, a minor paralysis, nothing major. 
Oh, my, well, okay, yeah, well, I don't think there's such thing as minor paralysis, okay? Minor paralysis means that you were drunk and you couldn't get off the couch for, like, an hour, okay? It's like like minor surgery. It's only minor if it's on somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Forget it. Yeah, trust me. My dad had minor surgery. I really miss him. I haven't seen him since that minor surgery. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You are exactly correct. All right, let's talk some uh, college basketball March Madness here. We kind of went over the Big East tournament yesterday, but the Big Ten tournament, the play-in games were yesterday. Our Northwestern Wildcats here in the Chicago area dog barely, barely escaped. Indiana was leading the, through the first half, but they had a great comeback in the second half. Did the Cats, they advance. And um, the team I'm picking, my surprise team, the Michigan Wolverines, they beat Iowa yesterday. Mark it down. Right when our show ends, they're the first game today at 11 o'clock. The Michigan Wolverines dog. The Michigan Wolverines will upset your Ohio State Buckeyes and become the Cinderella's of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Coach, Manny Harris has been there, has been a starter for four years, and he came in as this highly regarded recruit. Yep. Who's the other four-year senior they got? Deshaun, Deshaun Sims. Yeah, okay, yeah, Sims. I knew it was Sims. Uh, these guys, for four years they started, and they were gigantic recruits. They've never had a winning record in Big Ten play. I'm sure they've had a big, a winning record overall. Mm-hmm. But I, I know they haven't had one in Big Ten play. You know what? To be quite honest with you, to salvage their careers, they have to win the Big Ten tournament. Or legitimately, I hate to say this about amateur players, but those two highly regarded players, four years, never a winning record, they had a very disappointing uh, Michigan career. So if they want to save it, win the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and this year in particular, disappointing for the Michigan Wolverine. John, B, the, I'm basing it on two things. One, their coach is good. Yeah. John Beeline is a solid coach. And two, I just think the uh, – the outside shooters, not not necessarily Manny Harris, not necessarily the inside guy, Deshaun Sim, but the kid Lucas Perry and the kid Zach Novak, maybe Matt Vogrich from Lake Forest. I just think some of their outside shooters are finally going to start hitting some of those shots consistently. And if they do, the Wolverines get on a run. I predict an upset over your Buckeye. Yeah, you know, I don't blame Michigan for not having a winning record this year because this league is ridiculous. But they had four years to do it at least once, Coach. Yep. You know, and, and you, you mentioned – uh, this beeline about beeline being a good coach. All you got to say is that if you just say the question, he's a Big Ten basketball coach. That means he's a really good coach because those eleven coaches in the Big Ten are incredible. I mean, really, look at all eleven coaches. Uh, we should be proud to be Big Ten fans. On same with the coaching that's going on over here. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Some good games uh, uh, today. Now Northwestern takes on Purdue. Purdue, we all know, missing their star player Robbie Hummel, but. Could be in a team on a mission. We talked about Notre Dame earlier. They lose their All-American Lucas Heron Goatee, and they all of a sudden go on a five, six-game winning streak. Can Purdue do the same? Everybody's counting them out. Maybe the Boilers get hot, Joel, win the Big Ten tournament, and I'll ask you question number two, let you comment on it. If Purdue does win the Big Ten tournament, even without Robbie Hummel, do they, in your opinion, deserve a number one seat? Um, no, they would get a two. They would get a two. Right now they're going to get like a three or a four. But if they won the Big Ten tournament, they would get a two seed. And do I think they can do it without Robbie Hummel, Coach? It would be an amazing story. But you know, we talked about the whole like replacing Herogody and stuff. It, it's kind of a little different when it happens to you and all of a sudden you got to play three games in three days. Cause it, I, th- that's a really tough question. I don't think that they'll be able to do it. But, you know, they got guys like Kramer and Etwan Moore and Dwan Johnson. And those guys are leader-type players. They, you know what I mean? They're, they play with an awareness of the game. Matt Painter's really coached that team up well. So if anybody can do it, it, 
in this particular conference. I, you know, I would say like a Michigan State or, or a Purdue or a mm-hmm. Wisconsin, like those type of uh, schools would be able to do it. So, yeah, Purdue could do it. I think if Ohio State wins out of the Big Ten, they will be a number one seed. I'm just looking at the rankings right now. I think Purdue is seven or eight. They're not that far down. They're 26-4, and four, Joel. So if they win the Big Ten tournament, they'd be 29-4. and four. Syracuse, I think, would be 28-4. and four. If it came down to that one spot, that would be an interesting, I think, a tough call between Syracuse, who had a great season, but lost their first-round game against Georgetown. I'm giving you an if now. If Purdue went on a run and won the Big Ten tournament, it'd be a tough call. I almost think Purdue might be able to sneak in if they, if they win the whole I was gonna I was going to blow you off with the, with the Hank Gathers note. I was like, I was like don't forget, Loyola Marymount was ranked eighth in the country. Hank Gathers died, and they gave him a sixth seed. Because they said, uh, you know, you're not the same team without Hank Gathers. And I was going to say, well, they would do the same thing because of Robbie Hummel. But if they won the Big Ten tournament, right. that's totally different because all of a sudden, maybe they're proving that they can play. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a loss. That's a great point, Coach. And if I think of it that way, there is a, yeah, there is a really good possibility they would get it. it if, if Michigan State, Purdue, or Ohio State win the Big Ten tournament, one of those three teams should get a number one seed. Mm-hmm. That's a big if. Big if. Now let's talk uh, games today. Michigan State taking on Minnesota. Minnesota very impressive in beating actually a pretty good Penn State team. Shows you how good the Big Ten team is. If Penn State is your weakest team, that's a pretty strong conference. And then now uh, we got to talk about Wisconsin-Illinois, the 4-5 matchup. And any big conference tournament is usually one of the best to watch. Uh, yeah, and you're talking about uh, a particular situation where Wisconsin is in the tournament even if they lose. Yep. And Illinois is not in the tournament even if they win, but we know what happens if they get to L. So uh, I just I just want Illinois to play like a team whose season is on the line. I'm speaking as an Illinois fan to people who are just joining the show. I'm a diehard Illinois fan, and I've been really, really disappointed with Illinois' play over the last uh, six, seven games. It's not just because they lost. There's been a couple clunkers in there, Coach. Uh, th- that's going to be, a, I think, the best game of the Big Ten because I, I really there was a lot of controversy in Illinois' last loss. They embarrassed themselves. And there are a bunch of really good kids on that team, and I, I think they're smart enough to, to play better in this particular game. Yeah, it's going to be a desperate, desperate fighting Illini team. And uh, sometimes desperation can work for you. Sometimes it can turn into tightness, too, while the other team, like you said, Wisconsin's already in. So they yeah. can play a little bit looser. So it can work both ways, but hopefully we'll see a hungry Illinois team out there. And they're, they're certainly capable, certainly capable of getting on a run and maybe uh, getting to the championship game on Sunday. Be fun to watch. Uh, other games, Michigan State and Minnesota. Interesting battle in the final game of the day. Michigan State lost one of their top players. I don't know if they're going to reinstate him or not, but Chris Allen. Big part of that team, Big Dog, suspended for uh, conduct not detrimental to the organization. Uh, well, if it was not detrimental, why did they suspend him? No. Did they want him to do something bad? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just joking, Coach. I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm a stickler for grammar. Yes. I know that drives you crazy. I'm yes, joking. you are. Yeah, don't get me you started know, on grammar. Uh, Izzo will not relent. If Izzo relents, it's because the kid did whatever Izzo told him to do, and now he deserves to be back on the team. Tom Izzo could care less if he's missing one player for a particular ball game. That ain't his style. He looks at the whole picture. That's no joke. That man could coach. That's why he goes to the Final Four all the time. There's been there's been many suspensions in the Michigan State uh, lifetime of Tom Izzo, and every single time he made sure that kid got disciplined properly. 
Don't forget, Zach Randolph was a pretty good college basketball player. Tom Izzo sat his butt down, too, and basically told him, you need to go pro uh, after this season because you're never going to play here again. Mm-hmm. So, no, Coach. Tom, Tom Izzo does, does it the right way. All right. You, you are correct in that depiction. Now, without Chris Allen, how far can the Michigan State team go? Because when I watch him play, he's a big part of their – not their leading scorer, not their primary ball handler, but he's a big part of the offense. All of a sudden, at the end of the season, you lose a kid like that. Well, don't they have a bunch of guys on your, on that team that you can say, well, he's not their primary scorer, primary ball handler. He's just really, really important. I mean, they have a bunch of guys. Like the Big Ten, the reigning Big Ten player of the year, Kalen Lucas, has turned into one of those guys on, on this particular team this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think that team lacks a leader. Their leader and most prominent player is their sixth man, who, who's like a six foot five football player looking guy. I can't think of his name. It's like Bender. And he only averages like six points a game, but mm-hmm. he averages like, Eight assists and like eight rebounds. You know what I'm talking about, Coach? There's, I mean, he's probably like their most prominent player. I think they should be able to overcome this. Is what I'm saying. It's just like just another piece for them. It is interesting. Ko and Lucas, the returning Big Ten Player of the Year, and did he even make first team this year? Well, that, I don't. I don't think they announced it. Well, they'll okay. announce that after the tournament, won't they? Or do they announce that? You know, I'm the not tournament? sure. I'm not sure. We'll check that out. But at any rate, it should be good stuff to watch. Quarterfinals today, semifinals on Saturday, championship game on Sunday. And I know you're not a big Northwestern fan. I am, big dog. But we were teetering on the brink of elimination. And when I say elimination, for Northwestern, a loss yesterday probably would have ended their uh, NIT hopes, too, and they came back in the second half. That was a big win for them. And we'll see how they do against Purdue. But hopefully the victory yesterday at least gives them a shot of playing in the net. Well, yeah, you know, and any type of experience for Northwestern is good because this is a team that's got all its pieces. Is Juice Thompson coming back too next year, Coach? Juice is back. Okay, and then the and Coble and the and the Virgin will be back too. John Sherna. <laughs> you, you know, he he scored the most points scored by a Virgin this year in the NCAA. John uh-huh. Sherna. I'm sure he's very. I'm sure his parents are very proud to hear that. And especially his grandmama. <laughs> Is it virgin by choice or virgin by resistance? Uh, we won't get into that. Okay, though. just checking. Okay. Just checking. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Talking about some of the tournament action, Southeast Conference, Big Twelve yesterday, ACC Big Dog. Not that many uh, surprises. I guess the one thing of note: North Carolina, a perennial Final Four team, powerhouse. They've had a down season all year long and. Lost yesterday, probably ending the season, right, for North Carolina? Oh, yeah, they're done. They're done. I was rooting for them because I wanted to make sure Georgia Tech doesn't make any type of surprise run and take a spot from uh, my mm-hmm. beloved Illini. So, yeah, uh, this uh, five North Carolina. I'm not blue for you. Yeah, they, they've had enough success over recent years. They can handle one down year. And quite frankly, the ego of Roy Williams, their head coach, was getting a little out of control. A losing season, Joel, see if you're with me here. Very healthy for the mental State slash the ego of a Roy Williams. Uh, I, I could. Uh, I like to say yes. He probably did need to be tempered down a little bit. <laughs> we we all need a little humbling. Now you and me, uh, based on the ratings of this show for three months, we've been we've been taking a lot of humbling. I don't know well, if we think, need. We don't things are know. looking up, Coach. I promise you. You think so? Yeah, things were, everything's going in the right direction. All right, I right hope now. so. I hope so. Our producer extraordinaire, David Olson, his career is depending on it. He's counting on us, big dog. Counting on the two of us to reach a little acclaim to further his career. So hopefully we can pursue that here in the Two Guys and a Mike Show. We do the show, folks, every uh, every weekday from 10 up until 11 o'clock. Don't forget that central time. As you know, Big Dog, your voice is being heard in seven 
different continents right now and also parts of Nebraska and Kansas? Uh, well, it, it, it's good to know that I'm being heard in Antarctica. I don't know about Kansas. Yeah. We're big in Antarctica, by the way. Not sure why, but our ratings are very good there. Not in the continental United States, we continue to struggle, but somehow in Antarctica, they uh, they like our show. Well, it's comforting, Coach. Yeah. By the way, speaking of uh, Antarctica, speaking of Alaska, one of the events coming up this weekend, not Midge Mart- March Madness related, the Iditarod is going on right now. The Great Alaskan uh, Sled Dog Race. Eight and hey, a half. you know, one, one of my buddy's mothers is a musher. Is a musher? One of my buddy's mothers is a musher. Is a musher? No, my buddy's mother's a musher. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? My my buddy's mother, Margaret. She's Margaret the musher. My, I thought the is is the musher the person that rides on the sled? Yes. Or does yes, she pull she's the, the one sled? Who drives the sled? Because oh. the best the best mushers on the world are okay. always women, and they're normally the best mushers are normally mothers because they're usually like better with the dog. Has she ever been called a mother musher? Uh, all the time. I do it to her all the time, and she's sick really? of that joke, Coach. Yeah, <laughs> and trust me, she will crack the whip on more than just a dog. <laughs> wow. Hey, Blue, 42 Red, 7777. She's uh, got a sister named Martha who is not a musher. Martha is not a mother musher. No, she's not. Interesting. Eight and a half days, nine days. I think it takes, like, the, the fastest guys, the ones that That's win it, like, eight yeah. days, nine days out in the wilderness battling snowstorms. You got... What do you get, 12 dogs, and you get an extra bonus if they all come back alive? I don't know about that, but I do know if you don't have to eat the dogs, you do get an extra bonus. Yeah. I know the PETA people are not real thrilled with the Iditarod because it is, it's certainly cruel to the, the musha, the person that's riding, but that person does it by choice, at least we hope so. The dogs don't exactly volunteer for that particularly um, grueling, grueling, if you want to call it, in athletic competition. Yeah, but yeah, that's that is pretty grueling, Coach. I mean, people die doing this, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, Peter has a lot of issues, and I think maybe they should worry more about like, like animal testing and stuff like that than like a competition. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will see. I know uh, we'll be checking in and uh, next week and see how the Iditarod is going. We used to have a reporter out there. Remember our old radio show? We used to have a guy covering the Iditarod. We would get day-to-day updates each and every day, stage-to-stage coverage of the Iditarod. But here on the TalkZone.com, we don't have anyone out in Alaska. Was, was, was that our intern from Serbia? Oh, Milan? Yeah, was it Milan that did that? Or he just wouldn't go anything north of the 49th no, parallel? I think Milan was out there. Dave, on our old show, we had a Serbian intern who spoke no English. But we would send him out to different events, uh, you know, the Iditarod. We send him down to, uh, remember we sent him to Mardi Gras for a couple of days. He came back like three weeks later. Yes, but I, I don't think he went north of the 49th parallel. If it is cold, I do not sweat. <laughs> if I do not sweat, I do not stink. If I do not stink, I am not served. <laughs> I think that was his saying. Yeah. It was long, but it was accurate. We did have to re- remind Milan that there was a new technological product on the market, and it's called soap. Yeah. All right. We got to wrap up uh, today's show. Big Dog, it's been great having you on this week. Now, next week, our female listeners are a couple of them emailing me. Coach, please ask Big Dog what days he'll be on next week. Okay, because they want to know when not to listen, Coach. I, I, really I wasn't going to say that. You know, I, I have a new job. It's out the house, and I'm going to do all five days next week. Coach. All five? All five, Coach. Oh, that's disappointing. 
I'm kidding. Uh, well, I'd be more than happy to give I'm one up. I'm kidding, Big Dog. We get you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The coach and the Big Dog five consecutive days next week. That's almost too much to celebrate. Even on Hooray! Sunday. Thank you. Oh. Even on St. Patrick's Day, you'll be even there. Even on huh? St. Patrick's Day. The morning after St. Patrick's wow. Day is the one I'm worried about, Coach. Believe me, Dave. The morning after St. Patrick's Day, that's the one day I'm going to really, really appreciate doing this show by myself and Joel over the phone lines. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be uh, out with my friend Jameson all day long. Yeah, okay. You guys have a good time. Have a great weekend, Big Dog. All our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy yeah, the weekend. Monday. Be safe. We'll be back at 10. And uh, Big Dog, go fighting Illini, huh? All right, TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic. David Olson, great job all week. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.